reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favorite Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but, of course, always follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, double-H, the Husky heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and a newly certified Husky boy, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well. After a few technical difficulties on my end... I have finally been able to see your beautiful hair tonight, and that's the most exciting part of the night. I apologize to everybody. I am, it's late, a little bit for me. I'm tired, so we're going to push this out best I can. I do have my hair up. I kind of got the, now, Daniel Bryan came back. We'll talk about that later, or Bryan Daniels, I should say, and Brock Lesnar. They're all jocking my style here. I've noticed that, but let me just say, I've been saying for years now, you're the most a uh, copied man on the on the Twitter app. So that still holds true, brother. I like to think highly influential. Yeah, there you go. That's better, uh, more uh, intellectual words. Highly influential. Um, do, do you, uh, speaking of Certified Husky Boy, did you catch any of the new Drake, Kanye, anything? You listen to that stuff? I did, I did. I listened to a few things. Your thoughts? Um... Kanye's, I'm going to say he should have kept that. He might, that didn't get released. It escaped, you know, that old adage. And then uh, I thought Drake's was okay. I didn't think Mm -hmm. it was like banging and all that, but there's a couple good songs. Yeah. I like Drake. A lot of singing on that for me, you know, so that was, eh. but some of the stuff did slap the Kanye. Like, I feel like with Kanye for me, I, I, and I'm just going to say, I've only listened to each album once through. And you're yeah. not really paying super close attention. I wasn't, like, locked in a room with it or anything. But I feel like with, especially with Kanye stuff, that's, like, I got to listen to it three, four times before I really start to, like, hear it. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it's different, you know what I mean? Some stuff resonates with me, some stuff doesn't, you know. But the Drake's, I, I enjoy it. I think they're both awesome lyricists, so. But... Anything been going on in wrestling since we last did the show? <laughs> nothing. Nothing happened. It's the same old same. You My know. God. So, yeah. AEW all out. Let's just fucking get right into it, man. Took place down at the Now Arena in Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh, I will disclosure behind the curtain. I almost bought a ticket and went last minute. Okay. Saturday was it was. I don't know if I told you. But Saturday was mildly tossed around. So I was there. I was I was in the area on Friday. I didn't tell anybody but you. Uh, you were just in and out. You had business you had to attend to. My my little cousin was uh, graduating the Naval Academy. Shout out. Um, and then I was there Saturday for a little bit, and I was like, "Do I fucking drive down?" It, it was tossed around for me. Like, do I drive down to this show or not? Drop a few hundred on a ticket and get in there. Yeah. And yeah, I that was and 
I was like, Chris Rocker's there. I can't do it. Can't can't do it, Dalton. Did you see uh, RJ Pete. from ringside? I saw a video of RJ from ringside chat uh, taking a slap, taking a chop. From who? I don't know who it was from, but he was shirt off. RJ? RJ was, yeah. Looking Blind, small. Blinding folks with the the <laughs> chalkiness? Okay. Like, he took a chop, though. He took it, he took it, took it good. I'll give him okay. that. Shout out RJ, bro. Uh, let's just get right into All Out, man. This is obviously one of the most anticipated shows in a long, long, long time. Uh, we knew a lot going in. Tony Khan did say, I think he said on Busted Open Radio, that we would not be disappointed in the ending. And also, kind of leaked out during the day, I think Meltzer leaked it out, that uh, Omega and Christian was going to go on last. A lot of people like, why wouldn't Punk go on last? I like the idea of keeping the world championship on last. Yes. I do. You know, Punk's was more of a special attraction match for what it is now. Yeah. You know? So for me, I had no problem with the with how the cards stacked up. The buy-in show was just kind of a throwaway match. Best Friends and Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office. That crowd was fucking hot. Yeah. Even for this. They were fucking hot. I thought it was a good, pretty good choice because it was like, a you know, a lot of action was going to take place or whatever. Uh, we did see uh, Butcher come back. Yeah. But it ended up happening that the uh, Best Friends Drag Express defeated the Hardy Family Office via submission. Um, any takeaways from it at all? The, that, like you said, it was more of a throwaway, trying to get you hyped, giving you something uh, to get ready for the, the main show. That's right. that's just what I took from it. And you have Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, two very, very, very over stars that you know the crowd's going to pop for. So I thought it was good. Good match. Next match was the first match of the pay-per-view, which I thought was going to be the tag match. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I thought that, because I, I, I just feel like we've seen the Young Bucks kick off so many pay-per-views. I thought that was going to be it, but no, the first person to walk out that curtain, I fucking love 2021, man, the way wrestling is right now, for what I'm about to say. The first person to walk out the curtain for AEW All Out, I'm smiling, just thinking about it, is Eddie fucking Kingston. And that crowd, ate that shit up i felt like man i mean from you're talking about a guy who during the pandemic was sold his gear he was done you know yeah. tra- traveled the world i mean he's worked a lot of promotion. you've watched him for years been a fan of him for years just couldn't quite ever get over that hump you know what i mean for whatever reason and he was given an opportunity he fucking ran with it to where he is now he took on mirror for the AEW TNT championship i thought the story they had going in was good i thought they both cut great promos on i want to say rampage or dynamite last week i don't remember which one i thought bros i i text you i was like this 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 motherfucker's money you know it was a whole like redeem these nuts type thing and they had the match so i thought it was good it was hard hit and they exchanged chops that's kind of eddie's deal right he likes to exchange the blows works kind of a japanese style too which yeah. i thought was great uh going after the neck he said that was a chink in the armor so they had a story built in going into the match and they worked it worked it worked where Miro was trying to get it event or Eddie was trying to get Miro however he could with the neck eventually uh Miro defeats Eddie via pinfall to retain the title your thoughts oh he got it with the low with the low blow too so kind of tied in the whole like redeem these nuts storyline Miro hits him with the low blow One, two, and three. then uh, was it Lana said I'm gonna redeem your nuts when you get home yeah so just, I mean everything's perfect about it yeah yeah so he caught the red eye that night and went home quickly but no, uh, Eddie Kingston is fucking beautiful, a beautiful human being. Let's just say that. The motherfuckers hate that. And 
my god i mean aw uh there in chicago is he he was their champion i mean he fucking had a run there he's been there for years he is over so mm-hmm. what a smart fucking move by whoever put that together send him out first let the fucking crowd know like and everybody there knew who the fuck he was i love people that are like i just don't i just don't know who that guy is well motherfucker everybody there knew who he was when he walked out you know what i mean and then miro came out they fucking like you said hard hitting it was that kind of like damn he really knocked the shit out of him you know what i mean one of those hard hitting matches tied everything in and which we'll get into at the end at the end and uh where we'll kind of discuss like our overall thoughts, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, like I thought it was a fucking great opener. Got it set the tone for the night. I'll say that. Next up, we have uh, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kuji, Kujiyama. Kuji, mm-hmm. Koji, Kojima. I'm sorry. Kojima. Yep. I was trying. The thing with Japanese names, I feel like I know them, and then I try to read them. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not like second nature to me. Kojima, Satoshi Kojima, legend, 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 held championships in both all Japan and New Japan, was one of the first to do it. I mean, he is over, over, over there. That is a legend. That is supposed to be a treat for the crowd. I thought the, uh, you know what? This is more your style, actually. I'm going to go ahead and let you talk this one. This is this is more your, more of your alley. I know what I thought about it. Yeah, I thought it was, a, it was good. It was not it wasn't like their best show but i think this was all leading to what was coming after the match this was my you know moxley picks up the win and i mean you were talking you know he uh he told tony said, who do you want to feud with and he just said japan and they're just bringing (laughs) everybody you know i mean i thought that was great but um then out comes uh what the hell uh Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki. I was about to call him Matsuda. <laughs> Suzuki, though. But, uh, and I, I can't remember. You might know. Did they ever go at it in Bloodsport? Josh Barnett's Bloodsport? I believe they did. But the storyline is that Suzuki keeps popping up. In right. And Mox, in, in Moxley's, you know, in, in yeah. Moxley's life. And I And like I said, I think this match was... It was a match to showcase Moxley to get him, you know, over more with the crowd. And then, bam, here comes Suzuki. He's just, like, entering, like, wrestling savant phase. Yeah. Right? Where he's doing, like, whatever he wants. He's showing up wherever he wants. He showed up and won the GCW World World Championship at their show on uh, Saturday night, which we would have been at if we were in Chicago. Yeah. And that was a show where Nick Gage headbutted me. Yep. So it's, that's the show. They had run it all out weekend. It starts at like midnight or whatever. But to see him run out, I mean, this guy, he's showing up everywhere, and it's great. And it's amazing. It's amazing for wrestling. Seeing this dude live his best life, it's, it's fucking awesome, man. It's, yeah, really, it's really coming through. It's really coming through in these programs, too. That, and I, me and you discussed it, is Tony Khan's confidence, I guess, and business sense of let's fucking get – you never know who's going to show up at these indie shows. So you better go no matter where it's at. I mean, you know, that fucking place we were, in, that was like a indoor soccer arena or some shit. And 
they were i guarantee if you asked two three hundred people that were there you think john moxley showing up tonight no it's legitimate surprises and that makes wrestling fun and it was fucking beautiful to see again Next up, we have the AEW Women's Championship. You have the champ, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Defending her championship against Chris Statlander. Uh, Baker came out with um, Rebel Tanae and Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, she has her own, own little goon squad with her right now. I thought the match was really good. There was Chris Statlander is fucking good. Yeah. She is really good. And Britt Baker is good, too. I mean, the fact that Statlander... Bigger, a little more powerful, a little more high flying. You know, we're a Britt Baker, a little more ground based. I thought those two styles m- meshed well. Baker's really good with the kicks. She's really good with the holes. And she hit the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Kind of shout out to Adam Cole, the Panama Sunrise. Beautiful. And she ends up getting the, um, hits her in the, the lockjaw submission for the win. Uh, I thought it was a really, really, really good match. Britt Baker is the class of that division still. And she's having great matches and she's having a great run. Yeah, she uh, she is awesome. Uh, she set the tone for the women that were coming up in the women's battle royal later in the night. Uh, like I said, Chris Statlander is a fucking horse. She is a workhorse in there. She fucking gets the job done and it makes you look good as well as herself doing it. A real professional and I and that women's division has came a long fucking way mm-hmm. from where they started. Well, they're only you mean the two year old company needed time? Oh, <laughs> um, they should have been. They should already been there. What are you talking about? This next match. Whew. The AEW tag team championship. You have the Young Bucks defending against the Lucha Bros. Uh, Lucha Brothers came out with a hell of an entrance. Yeah. Also, um, they were wrapped out by uh, Mikey Ruckus, who actually follows us. Yeah. He produces all the music for AEW. So the fact that you got a behind-the-scenes guy coming out, getting a shine a little bit, and show off his work was kind of dope. Like I don't, it's kind of like a no one really realized that as it was happening, but I kind of knew because I I know saw him. You know what I mean? Like that, that little shit like that's cool. It's got to be a great place to fucking work. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, if you saw uh, Flair put out a video. And him and fucking Marco's Marcus son Stern. are back there going, whoa, like just fucking around backstage, like with Ric Flair. Like, how cool is that? I like that Ric Flair can walk in almost anywhere he wants to, wrestling wise, and just. And Ric no, Flair. nobody says nothing, though. No. It doesn't matter. Sure, you can come in. <laughs> uh, this was a cage match. This was unbelievable. It's hard to even sum up the action. That was said, I mean, as in like podcast form. Right, yeah. It was high flying. The storytelling was good. I thought they told a lot of the uh, big brother, little brother story throughout the match, which was good, you know. And, and and Ray Phoenix, I think, really feeds off of Penta in that way, more so than Nick Jackson really does. Mm-hmm. Nick Jackson, or Mike Jackson, is really Nick, big brother, his big brother Nick, as much as Penta does to Ray, right? Ray does more directions and things like that. Match was smooth as hell. They busted out the uh, Travis Scott Jordan 1 fragments. With thumbtacks on them. That is a uh, four thousand dollars shoe. <laughs> Gave no fucks. <laughs> and I tell you what, they they told a story with that shoe, man. And Penta Penta was bleeding buckets. He was he was cut with up. the mask on. 
back and forth, back and forth. Package pile drivers. They, I mean, they had the package pile drivers on the outside, the dual package pile drivers. Fuck. I mean, just going back and forth, back and forth. Ray off the top of the cage. But, but I will say this about this steel cage. One thing that drives me nuts about steel cage over the years, this isn't a shot at WWE because they've done so much rustling over the past 40 years that, like, you have to try different things. Um, this isn't knocking them at all. This is always something just in general that's kind of drove me crazy. Almost like kicking out of finishers. Yeah. Is a steel cage, I feel like, is in place to keep people out. Or keep people from coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, keep them out. And that's what it did. And it cost the Young Bucks the match. It, was a, it turned into a numbers game. They usually win. They couldn't. You know, and they lost. Uh, some people are calling this, I didn't say me. I said some people are calling this the greatest cage match of all time. I've never seen every cage match in the history of time. Not one but I've never seen every tag match in the history of time. But it was – it's going to be plus five stars for Meltzer, I'm assuming. Because that holds, that holds a ton of fucking weight. But um, – A little bit, man. There, yeah, and and I might be one of those people that's seen a lot of the cage matches. Um, it's if it, if it's not, and – I have a hard time because I'm old school and I fucking, you know, snook in Morocco in the cage and all that shit. I'm, I'm on that wagon um, for nostalgia points and things like that. But if it's not up there, I mean, it's it's fucking number two. <laughs> like, I mean, it's fucking up like the shit they were doing, uh, the effort that they put into their match. And to be able to tell a story with your, you know, in a cage, that's hard. Because it's like, okay, we got the cage. You know, you want to make that cage, I guess, significant in, in your in your match and your storytelling. Uh, they did that. Uh, they took bumps off of it. Uh, I thought it was fucking tremendous. And that's, I mean, from an old school guy like me, I, I thought they fucking put work in. And for Penta to be busted open with the mask, and he's like, you know, and fucking blood's on. That mask was soaked. Yeah. How can that see? Beautiful, beautiful shit. I mean, that's, I mean, Lucha Bros obviously tear it up every time they go out there. These two teams have magic together. It's obvious. I mean, the young fucks do this all the time. <laughs> They're the common denominator in a lot of... They do this. I mean, I know they get a lot of heat and then whatever. People have their opinions. I'm a fan. I'm telling you. I feel like every time there's a pay-per-view, they have a match for saying this shit. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Next up, we have the Casino Battle Royal, which is the women's battle royal this time. Winner getting the uh, opportunity at the AEW Women's World Championship. Usual suspects you'd want to see. I think the big news here is, we'll just get right to it, was Ruby Soho being the Joker. A lot yep. of people predicted that. Another thing, too, I think that's kind of like, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. A lot of these rumors and suspicions, people are right, being right. And it doesn't take away from the moment at all. Right. But, and also, you're almost a presentation of a new character, new theme. She obviously came out with Ruby so as Ruby Soho gimmick, uh, the Ruby Soho song from Rancid, which apparently, if you watched, I don't know if you watched the AEW Media Scrum after, which mm-hmm. is a really, really, really good watch. Uh, she said that uh, Lars from Rancid actually bestowed that upon her. 
Oh my. And that's you know what I mean? Like you know, she left WWE and he's a really, really big wrestling fan, obviously, friends with Punk and all that stuff. And uh yeah, he he's friends with her and know her, and he's like, you know, I thought he thought it'd be great for her. And I don't know what the if there was a financial exchange as far as the using the rights for the song, or I don't know how that works. But she said that, yeah, he uh that was his idea and he bestowed that upon me and I thought it was great. And yeah. You know, there's so much cool stuff about this pay-per-view and wrestling. I thought one of the coolest and I caught it when it happened, but I didn't know like all the I don't know if you even know where I'm going with this. I don't know all the backstory about it. But when uh, Ruby Soho, who was eventually her and Thunder Rosa, I thought tore it down. Yeah. By the way, they had a great ending to that casino battle royal. Ended up Ruby Soho goes over, she wins, and then when she wins, she looks up and she looks at Bryce Rensburg, the referee. She goes, "Hi, Bryce." And then they come to find out, they go back years. He's he was an indie rep. Him and Kingston yeah. are. Yeah. Yes. So he so knows. Go, yeah. So for that to be like, you know, they come together again, like on that stage. Yeah. When, you know what I mean? When, when at that time, years and years ago, they probably couldn't fathom they'd ever be there together. Like, that's that's fucking dope, man. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. And and the casino battle royal, like normally when you have a battle royal and there it is fucking few and far in between where you're like, damn, that battle royal was a great match. Mm-hmm. Like when you say battle royal, you're like 92 rumble, like like that's the consensus, right. you know. So, which we're gonna talk about, I'm sure, leading into that main event. What fucking placement by AEW again? You have that cage match, that fucking banger fucking match. Crowd is fucking insane. Let's run the the women's battle royal. Let's bring them down a little. Watch them exchange the forearms. Then fucking hit them with a fucking surprise joker. And people, even though they knew it was coming, fucking popped. Loved it. And then her and Thunder Rosa deliver. They fucking deliver. They get it over. They probably never touched before. Yeah, yeah. They... If they have, it was years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and they deliver. They put on a fucking nice ending there. Bam. Uh, Ruby wins. And now the crowd's like back back uh, on kill, waiting for something else to pop off. Which we have the next match, which was surprisingly good. I didn't know what to, what to expect from it, actually. It was uh, Jericho versus MJF. Jericho loses. He never wrestles in AEW again. Um, MJF, got, <laughs> he, he came out to the old Y2J entrance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just young king, right? Absolute young king. And, of course, he has, he has the he, he's bringing back the pay-per-view robes. Yes. Which I think is very cool. He's so old school like that. That's just The pay-per-view robe for younger kids used to be a thing. Yeah, it was it was a thing. These come out just robes all the time. They came out in robes special occasions when they were fighting. Uh, Jericho came out the live gu- guitar rendition of Judas. I thought that's the one thing of all night that was a miss. It was that. Yeah, I thought it was really like expecting a lot of the crowd to sing the whole song like without <laughs> the music. You know what I mean? Like he was doing like karaoke style. Like they got to hear it to respond. But 
Yeah. That poor guitar. Like he they they were off key and it was making him it was fucking him up and I was wasn't a good scene. Uh, match was really good. I thought Jericho was hitting a lot of the old classics. Yeah. You know, we saw that. And a real smooth lion saw that thought. Uh, back and forth, back and forth, obviously. And then through, halfway through the match, I got an interesting text. It was from you. That's right. And you just said, and I don't I don't hear this from you very often. I'm just, I want you to elaborate on the podcast. I don't even know if you can really pinpoint in the match where you sent it. But you text me, you said, uh, MJF is a genius. Yeah. What do you mean by that? <clears throat> just his detail. It's What I'm saying is his his detail, the little nuances, and he fucking hits them. I mean, he hits every fucking, if it's a, a time to look at the crowd, a time to, you know, gloat a little. Like, his heel presence is phenomenal. Like, even the entrance to bring the entrance out. And people are like, oh, shit, Jericho's going on school. And then it's him. And they're like, fucking, <laughs> you know. Shit like that is fucking genius. Because nobody expected that. And then his even his walk. Like his just fucking caught. You know what I mean? I'm better than you. Fucking walk and all that. Like the for him to be so young in the business is incredible how far he's came. In just a couple years... Where before people are like, oh my god, he's just getting cheap heat and saying the most outrageous shit. And now he has grown into that character. And it's not just, oh, he's saying out. They're like, he's the fucking best heel in wrestling right now. And I said it two years ago. And, you know, that aged very fucking well, just in case anybody was wondering. But that's what uh, I meant by that, is just his nuances... Just the all the little shit that he does, his timing, his timing in ring psychology is fucking brilliant. So and then after that, speaking of psychology, because I thought this match was just such a throwback and MJF's a throwback. Here's the old dusty finish. Yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which Not is bad. great. When they don't overuse it, it fucking is beautiful. And the crowd loved it. The fucking crowd loved well, it. And they and they, and they and I thought they let it breathe enough before the other ref came down that the crowd was like, "Oh shit, Jericho might really go out!" Like for like a split second, you create yep. that little bit of doubt. You know what I mean? So that's how you get people to suspend their disbelief. Yeah, I thought that was. And you don't do it every pay per view. You don't do yeah. it every fucking. You don't do it every dynamite. You just every once in a while. And that's you know I mean? and that and, and it worked stick, out brilliant. It worked out brilliant because the stakes were so high. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not just a random throwaway match on random TV. It's the stakes were, I don't get much higher than the end of your career. Right. <laughs> you know, so I thought that's what made it help. Uh, Axel's in here. He just came in here. He uh, just farted horribly. <laughs> My eyes are watering. This is rough. But, you know, it's whatever. Next up. Oh, man. What, what, what I've been waiting for for seven and a half years. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Um, first off, Punk had a change in gear. Yeah. Instead of trunks, we went to pants. Or long tights, I should say. Long Whatever. tights, yeah. Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I, you know, I'm all, I'm all about change. I thought physically he looked great. 
He looked like he did. I, I, in fact, I saw pictures of people comparing like his last day in WWE compared to like AEW, and it looks like two completely different fucking people. Yeah. I mean, so I thought physically, and it was also talking about a guy that doesn't drink, smoke, do drugs, nothing his whole life. So kind of helps the aging process. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, dude is. This isn't like Edge coming back in his late forties. You know what I mean? This is—he's forty-one years old, and and wrestler years—that's and also bump-free for seven years outside of UFC. Which yeah. I guess you can't really say bump-free. That's <laughs> got his ass beat, but you know. But it wasn't long. <laughs> but he got—you know what? On that, I've never spoken on that really. Kudos to him for fucking getting in there because I don't think you understand those. I, I know you do. Those yeah. dudes are professional fighters. And. And Dana White, uh, and and this is just historically for any wrestler, uh, doesn't throw them in easy. You know, what I mean, like Brock, he threw Brock right in the fucking fire. You know what I mean? And Brock had to learn. Like Brock learned under fire. CM Punk went in there and basically got through in the fucking fire. But he did it. But he did it. He got paid. People were pissed because he got paid. He got like, I think, shit, I think he got five, five hundred, five hundred thousand just to show up. I mean, that's uh, some of those dudes don't see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a whole other topic. We'll get into another time. I want to. Yeah. But I'm but I'm saying his star power, uh, he it allowed him to do that. You know what I mean? And Evan Ingram is hurt and fucking needs to step his game up. Eric held a card up. <laughs> but anyway, the match, um, I thought it was really good. I thought that, um, you know, the big concern was obviously going to be like Punk's cardio and how he looks in there. It's Christmas. I thought they started out really slow. And then it came out after the match. They had uh, callbacks to the Bret Hart 1-2-3 kid match from Raw years ago. Like three different yes. callbacks, which is absolutely incredible because he wore the shirt on Ramp- Bret Hart Roots of Fight shirt on Rampage. So I thought the uh, match was really good. Obviously, you know, Punk's working towards the go to sleep. Arby, Darby was the perfect person to be in there with him. He bounced all over the goddamn. That bump he took into the ring post through the ropes was yeah, insane. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That was insane. But, I mean, he was the perfect guy, and he made Punk look like a million bucks. I thought Punk looked great. I thought he looked crisp. I thought you saw genuine emotion from him after the match. And then they had the, you know, the handshake with Sting come down after, which I saw a great meme where somebody posted. Sting was shaking Punk's head and said, thanks for wrestling my goth son. (laughs) 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 I'm never deleting Twitter. But, I mean, I thought it was a really, really good match. I thought it was the match we needed to see from Punk. I I wanted to see what I I feel better about like okay I, he looks good he looks crisp he loves what he's doing I think sometimes a lot of people forget like yeah he's been off for seven years but he wrestled from the time he was what sixteen until he was thirty four right you know and any kind of match considerable possible and I know you can talk for hours about like CM Punk and his love for wrestling and the little nuances, what makes him great, things like that. I thought a lot of that came through here. The crowd got what they wanted to see. Everybody was happy. And there, and there were people that actually didn't want him to wrestle Darby in that first match. I thought it was the perfect opponent. We talked about it here. Um, 
on our last show where we Darby was going to fucking take some fucking ridiculous bumps for him to make him look even fucking better. He he did. Um, and I mean, either way you want to cut it, Punk looked great. And, you know, listen, he charged $16 for those ice cream bars and he got people. Is that how much he, they were? He got their money. So <laughs> I seen somebody post the fucking thing and was like, what the fuck? They had two ice cream bars. That's $32. <laughs> I said, pay that man. Pay that man his money. Because I bet they sold out. I bet they sold out. Um. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a fun match, man. Like I said, I liked it. I, I'm excited for the future. A lot of people are calling for a Punk and MJF. I think he need to kind of put that on the back burner for now because MJF just lost. Yeah. I think you want him looking. They can cut the promos and see him Punk be like, you just tapped. Right. Yeah, he's got, uh, I think, other, there's other guys right now that are going to come in that, Punk has the opportunity to work well. Right. It's and the future is ridiculously bright. Next match was the um just poor Paul White man. Right. Well, again, here's where we talked about the crowds on that fucking high. And now you gotta you gotta bring him down because you know what's what's at the end. You know what's coming at the end. They're gonna fucking lose their minds. So right. let's all you want to do is, is, is show Paul White here. Yes. Choke slam, pin, one, two, three, few minute match. Let the crowd breathe, but give them something to be happy about, right? Get them the yeah. Get it bring them back to to normal and then hit them with this shit. At this point, we've had that tag match, Ruby Soho, CM Punk, Jericho. Pretty fucking Look. Lance Storm said his favorite matches uh, of the whole thing was Kingston and Miro and uh, Punk and uh, Darby. Elaborate why? He did not. He just said right now, like, he just watched it, and he was like, my my favorite matches or whatever. The best He said the best matches were uh, Kingston and Miro. And You know what's funny, too, is a lot of people say, like, wrestling doesn't age well. Some wrestling doesn't. Those were like good matches from the nineties. Fuck, I mean Sam Punk and I mean their whole match was basically a callback. Yes. And you had people that remembered that. Me and you. So That's our shit. I'm right. watch it. After I watch uh I'm watching Fall Brawl, I'm watching a uh, Flair and Rick Rude. Is that ninety three? Fall Brawl 93? I think 91. No. No, 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 no. 92. I think it's, no, it's 93. You're right. Because okay. Flair has gone. Yeah. 92 for the. He fall. came back Super Brawl 3. Okay. Sorry, I just rattled my brain there for a second. I've been watching this card. I saw CM, I saw Mick Foley. Walking an alley, but he had uh, behind him was Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Siamese Dreams posters. <laughs> so and and so, if you ever want to see, and I don't know if I've ever told you, uh, but a since I just mentioned it, Super Brawl three, you ever want to see one of the fucking greatest opening matches ever? Super Brawl three, 
Too Cold Scorpio, Chris Benoit. I will watch that tonight. 20-minute time limit, and it goes 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Next, we have the AEW World Championship. We have Kenny Omega, the champion, defending against the Impact World Champion, Christian Cage. Uh, Of course, Omega tried to get the jump before the match. Cage moved. They exchanged punches. Omega hits a Rana, sets Cage out to the floor. Guardrail, they go out the back. They come back in the ring. Omega, of course, you know, working for the one-winged angel, working for the one-winged angel. No one's ever kicked out of that. That's A lot of his matches are centered around that, but they tell great stories around it. I, they used a table on the outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they really needed that. Just That's another thing. I mean, they, these guys should have just had a clean wrestling match inside the ring. They're both great. Right. Like they don't need they don't need the use of that. And also it wasn't like a no DQ match or anything. You know, so why even bring that shit out? So that kind of like, eh, what are you doing? But other than that, I thought the match was good. Uh, Omega, of course, counter attempt to a top rope kill switch into an avalanche one winged angel. So the top rope is an avalanche. Right. One winged angel. Very good match. I thought the crowd was um I thought they started to calm down a little bit through that match because they had been on such a poof up to this point. I liked the match, but I did didn't like the use of the table. I thought it went just a touch long. And I all and just the way that AEW's been doing things, I don't want to say it was purposely done for the reasons that are coming. As people are like, boring, you know, it's getting boring. It's you know. And it sets the tone for, because everybody's fucking waiting. Because Tony kind of said, "You won't be disappointed." So, so, so then they cut the, so then the elite all come to the ring, right? Yes. And Omega starts cutting the promo. He said, "Who's gonna defeat me? Nobody can beat me next. Nobody's here. Nobody that's gone, Nobody's or nobody dead. that's dead." Lights cut out. Adam, new Adam Cole music hits, which they did a great job of flashing Adam Cole up on the screen. So over the crowd, it's all like, who's this? You know what I mean? Very similar to the Undisputed Era music a little bit. So you still fits with that mold. Then Adam Cole, I think, has one of the best, like, when he carries himself, when he walks, that dude knows he's a star. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that came through so good. Comes down, and of course, oh, the elite look fucking like they've seen Ghost or whatever. Adam Cole comes down, gets in the ring, stares them all down, hits the Adam Cole baby, and then they all start hugging. And just, boom, right back to where they were. Received of California four years ago. You know what I mean? Working PWG. Like, that's, to me, like, I don't know. There's so much cool shit that goes into that. And I don't know if you've seen some of the film from, like, after AEW, but he was like, I can't see how he ever gave State of WWE a thought. Because he was hugging everybody in the elite like oh my god i'm so happy to see you i'm so happy with you guys again i'm so happy to be back with you guys saying it over and over and over so like he looked happy he had on a crispy pair of jordan ones uh yeah great 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 moment i and i think when the lights went down i think it was great bringing adam cole out first because i think people were expecting daniel bryan or brian danielson sorry I think they were expecting him first. And then when that hit, they were like, holy shit. 
You know what I mean? Like, bam. And it was a whole different direction. And, and you were thinking, okay, the Elite, we're, we're closing off with the Elite looking unstoppable NWO style. Yep. Right? But then, Flight of the Valkyries hits. And then you got a man bunned up, went into it, a hip-hop version of Flight of the Valkyrie, by the way. Right, yeah. Which slaps. Had to play it for a, it's on, a, what is it called? Born for Greatness, the Brian Danielson walkout single by Elliot Taylor. It is on iTunes. Okay. So, it's I there. thought you were going to hit him with Apple it. Music. I thought you were going to hit him with it. You need it? Hit him with it. Uh, we don't own the rights to this music, though. So just listen. Don't. He's holding up to his earpiece. Okay. You can hear a little banger there. A little bit of a banger. Not bad, though. Yeah, I ain't mad at that. But then you hear that. He comes out man bunned up. Plain white tee, banging my white tee, slanging my white tee, join AEW in my white tee. Comes down to aid, comes down there. Um, basically, they start kicking the shit out of everybody. He hits the running knee, does the smas with the fucking with the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage, blah blah blah. Everybody holds their hands up. Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, Brian Danielson, fade to black. Yeah, and there you have one of the absolute. Best pay-per-views I've watched in a very, 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 very long time. And I've heard that from several people. Uh, people ask me, I said, it's pay-per-view of the year by far. Mm. I don't even know if it's close. Mm. Um, I did watch uh, a couple of the AEW scrums after the event. Uh, Daniel Bryan, since we were right there on him. Bryan um, Danielson. Brian Danielson, he said uh, CM Punk can help the the younger guys. I'm here to kick their fucking heads off. And I was like, okay. You know, he said they call, themselves, they call themselves elite. He wants to see. Yeah. Because he's, he's elite. <clears throat> he elite. said, I'm, yeah. I love his comment because he goes, I'm, I'm good. I think, I, you know, I'm pretty good. You know, and he was talking about Kenny Omega. And he was like, last time we wrestled was, you know, like 08, 09, something like that. He's like, and he looks like he's gotten good. But has he? Like, you, I got to find out. So I thought just the way he's approaching it is kind of a, a way you're not used to. And I think the way he's going to be presented is like he was in Ring of Honor, where he's a fucking badass submission you know what I mean? Not all the fucking gimmicky bullshit. Like, we're going to... Some of these young kids, listen. And some of you motherfuckers with podcasts that don't know d- different. You might see some shit. You fucking go, oh, I didn't know he could do that. Brian Danielson is a fucking legit bad motherfucker in the ring. Like, there are even people that will say, well, Shawn Michaels trained him. You know, he went to Shawn Michaels's. I can tell you right now, and I've just heard this. Stephen Regal, William Regal, is basically one of the guys that 
really trained him. Like, I think Sean took his money a little bit. <laughs> you know, but I think the guys that actually got in the ring with him are legit, you know, William Regals and guys like Fit Finn, you know, legit fucking submission guys that are fucking badass. And Daniel Bri- Brian Danielson, I think you're going to fucking, uh, you, you fellas might be in for some that you haven't seen. So I'm excited. I wish you could see the smile on Barry's face right now because he knows what's coming. <laughs> he knows what he's going to see. Right. But you're going to see the evolution of what you think you know you're going to see. Right. But I think I think it's a great get. I think Adam Cole, obviously, I think they're both perfect fits for what AEW is trying to do. Now, now, to move on from AEW All Out a little bit, any other thoughts from All Out, by the way? Yeah, I th- I th- actually think um, what AEW does uh, to me, and I and me and you kind of talked about this a little bit uh, the other night, is they hit every fucking small detail, every nuance, every they tie shit in so good, like that. Their storylines are fresh. They they didn't even have some of their big names on this card. That's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And I all and I'm not piled. You know what I mean? You don't know for sure, whatever. But if Cody Rhodes laid this fucking out, if him and Dustin sat back there and said, "Let's fuck. This is fucking what we need to do," and Tony Khan is right there going, "Yep, yep, yep. That sounds good." Blah blah blah. If they laid that pay per view out and all the fucking that's incredible. That's insane. Because Cody could, they could have done that because you have said several times on the show, Cody's the best storyteller in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, and for him, and he's not fucking stupid. And Dustin's been in fucking wrestling his whole life. So he's not stupid. They know how this shit goes. And just the way they, the match order. The fucking debut, the way they set up their debuts, the highs and lows of the pay-per-view, they know, hey, we can't, we can't keep them here, so let's put Paul White out there for that one or two minutes. Let's, you know, let's bring that women's battle royal up right here, and then at the end hit them with a fucking another one just to say, fuck it, we got boss, we're cocky, we're arrogant. And fucking pull it off. And it played out fucking beautiful. I thought it was a beautifully put together pay-per-view. And one of the best pay-per-views I've watched in a long time. Now. The new hot rumor is. Oh no. Kevin Owens' contract is expiring soon. He also tweeted out coordinates today. To Mount Rushmore. Your eyes just got a little big. Right. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's in South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, everybody knows Adam Cole, Kevin Steen, and the Young Bucks were part of a faction called Mount Rushmore back in the PWG days. Um, They're all great friends. 
obviously. We all remember that iconic photo of uh, Kevin Owens with the Universal Championship in one hotel bed and Adam Cole with the Ring of Honor Championship in the other hotel bed. Um, these guys go way back. This just Does this not just seem like a natural fucking fit? I know everybody can't join AEW. I know they only have so much programming. But you're talking about a main event player from the big company who has a history with everybody in the in AEW. And well, or the, big, the, or the big players, I should say. Here's the thing. And, and I love when people, and it's mostly WWE guys that, you know, try to run this fucking game here. Well, they're just signing all the WWE talent. That's you know, how you, how you just said it. It's how I read it. Yeah, and that's exactly how I fucking read. That's how I talk, but I'm smart. Um, <laughs> I don't see fucking. Listen, I didn't see Braun Strowman over there. Did you see Braun Strowman? I didn't nope. see that, and that was their guy for fucking how long? Because Watch he's a man. he's a fucking problem. You notice all these guys that are going over there are actual main event talent. That can fucking work. Here's my thing. And everyone says, oh, WWE didn't view these guys as big losses, blah, blah, blah. Well, Brian Danielson said that WWE tried to convince him to stay. And he even offered him an open contract where he could go work other places. People read between lines thinking that's New Japan. Because that's he's always wanted to do that. WWE is now losing out on some free agents. Yes. And this is kind of, I mean, we, we kind of, they lost out on everybody in the elite. But that's a different scenario because AEW is forming, right? Yep. But you can't tell me they didn't want to keep Adam Cole. You can't tell me they didn't want to keep Brian Danielson. You can't tell me they don't want to keep Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. They didn't, want, they didn't want CM Punk to come back. Over that's, a different, that's a different scenario. The, but no, but I'm he was there. He was on backstage. Right. Well, he but he you, always said he worked for Fox. Yeah, but you. I'm just saying you didn't want him back. You wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't want him back. Right. Of course you fucking would. And I've been saying this. Go back and listen to our shows. If there's gonna come a time when these guys show up, or they're legit fucking main eventers, people are gonna know who they are. And that's going to be a problem. We, after that pay-per-view right there, and all their stars weren't even on it, they're a fucking problem. I mean, they're they're a legit fucking problem. And listen, there's more guys coming. Kevin Steen is WWE's ultimate utility guy. Mm-hmm. He can do anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. You lose him... Oh, that's not good. Who's who becomes your who becomes your guy then? Because the fans, like these wrestlers, are saying, like, look, that locker room is fucking great. They're here. Wrestlers talk. Yeah, you think these guys aren't going? Hey, dude, this is fucking great. Like, I've never had this much freedom, dude. I'm working two days a week, making fucking bank. Tony Khan's paying us, dog. And getting over. And we're on TV. We're getting over. Fucking, you know, you're with your buddies. You're having fucking fun. 
like, and to me, and I don't know how it's going to be, you know, how it actually is backstage, but to me, it seems like the fucking egos are checked. Like, there is no, I won't put this guy over. I won't fucking do this. I won't do that. That's the, but I, I think that stuff will come up eventually over I, time. But see, I think that's why they're fucking building it with the guys they are. That's why you're not going to see a Braun Strowman over there. I don't think. You're not going to see, you know, some of these other guys. Hulk Hogan. That and see, there's another one like TNA. Let's bring in Hogan and all these guys and pay him. And you even, you know, brought up a name here. Heaven forbid Charlotte Flair bounce. Because she's going to bounce. Andrade, you let her man go. And then. And then then, her off WrestleMania. Yeah. He goes. You're like, that's cool. That you're, you know, trying to be the boss, but that's your number one fucking female talent right there. And listen, I think if she goes, I was just telling Sammy Evans this. If she goes, you're going to see Sasha or Bailey, one of the two, bounce with her. You fucking, you watch. To me, the one that comes up is Sasha. Yeah. Because she's the one I feel like over the years... Kind of goes away, kind of has issues. There's always rumblings. But she's gotten fucked over. She's never been really, to me, given that fucking... Mm -mm. Because she's got it in her to be the star. She's been the dance partner. Yeah. And they're like, nah, nah. And I, I think one of them go with her if she goes, and I think she will. And it's fun to talk about wrestling because there's so much shit going on right now. This has been some of the funnest times I've had, like, reviewing wrestling here recently with you. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's – we obviously weren't doing a podcast or the <laughs> – this isn't, like, the Attitude Era, but this is, like, a clear second option for fans to watch. It's clear. It's – I mean, yeah. I, 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 and they're not – I don't get it twisted. I don't view them as, like, competition for WWE yet. Because their number one show only gets about 50% of WWE's number one show. But that company also has a 30-year head start, and they don't go head-to-head. And I don't think, when I watch Raw, I don't feel like Raw is meant for me. When I watch Dynamite, I feel like Dynamite's meant for me. That's the difference. You know, we're not being, well, you have to watch this, you have to like it, it's all, no, this is, there's there's something else now. I don't enjoy Raw, I enjoy SmackDown. Yep. But, you know, and AEW is also, everybody's like, oh, where are they going to put all these guys? Where are they going to put all these guys? Okay, you have two hours of Dynamite a week. You have Rampage. You have another hour of TV. You have three hours of national TV a week. You also have, what, five hours of YouTube shows yep. a week? So that's eight hours of programming a week. And you're going to start seeing some names pop up on Dark, and El- which you already do. And also, I think another thing they're doing, which down the road, is they're stacking content. Yes. They are creating content. Why don't AEW have a network? What the fuck are they going to put on there? Right. Well, and like you were saying is, you know, that, well, they got all these stars. Well, they got to put them out there. 
You don't see MJF. He you comes out to, cuts no. promo. He's not wrestling unless it's a big fucking show, a big event. It makes it special. They're making him that attraction, that special attraction. This dude is charging $500 or whatever fuck at autograph signings now when he was 30. You know, like mm-hmm. beautiful shit that he's doing that I love. And they're using their tap. They're not like over using get like watering down their fucking talent. Did you just just hear a bump? I'm sorry. Just hear a loud thump. No. Anyway, I had the door shut and Axel walked right. My blind dog walked right into the door. (laughs) Head first. Head first. But I just, I, I think people are overplaying that to where it's, it's not like they're not watering down their product. Like, you're not seeing the same fucking matches over and over and over. They're actually going, okay, well, we're going to put you in with this guy this week and, you know, fuck, just have a match. Like, it doesn't have to be a, you know, a big storyline or nothing to it. Just go wrestle, dude. Get your right. get your shit in. And I like that. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing time right now. I will say... Um, I I hate to cut us short, but I got things going here at the house. I'm only available for so long tonight. I was That's I right. didn't want to get into, I didn't want to get into the AEW figure reveals at FanFest. We will record probably a, maybe a short one tomorrow, maybe covering that and then some NFL pickums or something. But right now I got my dog freaking out. He needs to go outside and I have to walk in. He's blind. It's a whole deal. I'm so sorry, everybody. This is real life. <laughs> hey, that's right. Shit happens. Let me do but. some shout outs real quick before I get off here. Um, obviously, Jeff and Scott are fully posed. Well, love them to death. Thank you guys so much for all you've done for us. Wrestling figure, news source, great. PPW, Steve and Eric. Uh, Steve recently just got ripped off by 90s WWE Twitter page, which is fucking ridiculous. Like, they posted their picture, like, look at this. This is our old WWE network. And Steve's like, dude, that's my picture from my basement. Like, <laughs> you, can't fucking, you can't fucking do that. Uh, right. Breaker and Bane over the Power Hour. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I love them to death. To hear uh, them talk about wrestling is so, like, unlike everybody else, because you have Breaker, who's actually worked in the business. You have Bane, who is a fan, but also his best friend worked in the business. So he has kind of a unique perspective in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, to me, I think they have a, a great, great, great dynamic, and they're, like, I think they call it down the middle, too. They call it like they see it. They're not like, oh, we're fans of this, we're fans of that. They just, they're fans of what they see, and they call it how they see it, which I think is beautiful. Yeah, uh, Mike the Cleaner. I was just going to say, before we go, uh, the actual winner of the Mark Marrow giveaway is Big Underscore Bang. Yes. Yes. So, shout out to Big Underscore Bang. Um, Mike the Cleaner. We got to order that shirt, by the way. We got to have more yeah. shirts for our security guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I am going to do that. That's a, I'm, I'll do that when I get off the show. Um, <laughs> Tales to the Estate, Drew and Caitlin. Yeah. Love you guys to death. Obviously, Drew's, Drew's the man. Um, that's the homie right there. Ty. Travis Fowler. Dobro. Travis Fowler. The TV Toy Cast. Yeah, Ethan. Travis, Ethan. There's so many. Uh, Justin Summers. Sammy Evans. Cheers. Sammy right. Evans. All that stuff. Um, that's all I got today, Barry. I'm sorry. Axel is freaking out. You got out. it, brother. It bad. I'm going to close this. Eric has literal tears dropping down his eyes from the shit smell. Uh, with that, <laughs> follow us. 
uh, on Twitter, fucking Bfrost28. Eric, what's your Twitter handle? At Eric Brown 740. Of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. Go to the website, doingthefavor.com. Rick Rue just won the Heavyweight World Championship at Fall Brawl 93. It's a fucking beautiful thing. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. This, this was a lot of fun. And with that, good night and God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Berry, you're up with ETF, and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.